0: Today we're in John chapter 16. We have been studying through the Gospel of John. and We've taken a chapter every week. So for the last 15 weeks, now the 16th week, we're dealing with this special inspiration that the Holy Spirit has provided us with so the Scriptures revealed as John writes them down and clarifies to us the truth concerning who Jesus is what He has done and how He's involved in in our personal lives. So, if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And you can mark your Bible up in this particular area. Some little comments there. And pull out your outline out of your bulletin. And that should help you get a better understanding of what we refer to when we talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often a much misunderstood part of God, personality of God, person of God himself, who reveals himself to us through God's word, through a variety of experiences, through a variety of ways in which he chooses to manifest himself to us and through us. So Jesus is going to talk about this and why we need to respond to the Holy Spirit's direction in our life. And today what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to close up with is simply this. And that is, who is in charge of your life? Is the Holy Spirit in charge of your life? Or are you in charge of your life? Because what I'm consistently aware of now as I've moved into, as you found out, my 63rd year. Is this. People who allow the Holy Spirit to take charge of their life. Consistently experience freedom. Freedom and hope, and joy, and release from a variety of areas in their life, relationally, financially, personally, educationally, all these variety of areas that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us in the way that we should go. And those who do not give their lives over to the Holy Spirit, but simply become what I would refer to as pseudo-Christians, okay? they're kind of, sort of, But they're resisting the direction of God through the Holy Spirit in their life. And the result of that consistently is erraticness in their relationships, struggles in their educational understanding, lapses and blowouts in their financial structure, and the inability to experience God in His fullness in their life. To trust Him, to enjoy Him, to know Him. All these things are a direct result of either an unwillingness or an inability to allow the Holy Spirit to take charge of your life. Now, you may think that's simplistic. I've concluded it's not, that that is the bottom line for each one of us here. You must, if you want to experience the fullness of God in your life, if you want to watch His way being shown to you on a consistent, regular basis, you must allow the Holy Spirit to take charge. And that is a difficult thing because, get this, you want to take charge. I want to take charge. And when the Holy Spirit tells me something other than what I want to hear, my tendency is to resist and take back control. God wants you to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to take complete charge of your life. That's why Jesus specifically... Left here and went to be at the Father so that the Holy Spirit could come down to each one of us and individually interact with us, convict us, guide us, direct us, influence us, and make a huge difference in our lives as followers of Christ. All right? Now you've heard the message, you can all go home. But let's start all over from the beginning. I'm going to start with John 15, verse 26, because that's where this section actually begins at. Jesus said, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Now, all these things I'm telling you so that you won't fall away, so that you won't despair, So that you won't have this sense of, oh no, Jesus is gone. What are we going to do? They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. You think of Paul in the book of Acts here. They will do such things because they haven't known the Father. And they don't know me. I've told you this. So that when your time comes... You'll remember that I warned you about them. I didn't tell you this from the beginning because I was always with you, but I won't be any longer. I'm going to him who sent me in the beginning. Now, none of you are asking, where are you going? Instead, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. But it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate cannot come to you. But if I go, I can send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict you and the world about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. About sin, because people don't believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world, from this point on, stands condemned. Now, I have so much more to share with you. More than you can handle right now. More than you can bear right now. More than you can comprehend right now. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, when He comes, He'll guide you unto all the truth that you need to know and that you need to understand. He will glorify me because it's from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. Oh. That the Father has is mine. And that's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he'll make known to you. In a little while, you won't see me anymore. And then after a while, you will see me. And they kept thinking, what's he talking about? What does he mean? We don't understand what you're saying. And Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you won't see me anymore? And then after a while you'll see me? Very truly I tell you this. You will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to incredible joy. When a woman gives birth to a child, she has pain because her time has come. But when her baby's born, she forgets the anguish because of the joy that a child that was born brought into this world. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and then you're going to rejoice. Getting a picture here, they don't understand what's going to happen. You will rejoice. And no one will take away that joy from you. And that day, you'll no longer ask me anything. Until now, you have not asked. But ask, and you will receive everything that you need. You'll have understanding of all that you've never been understanding before. You'll have comprehension about life and purpose and meaning and direction if you asked for it. Obviously, I'm adding a little bit to that, okay? I'm not saying that I'll ask the Father on your behalf. Because the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me. And you believe that I came from him. I did come from the Father. And I entered the world, but now I'm leaving the world. I'm going back to the Father. Then the disciples said, now you're speaking clearly. Without these figures of speech, now I can see you know everything. And this helps us to believe, to understand, to comprehend depend upon the fact that you really did come from God. Jesus said, do you now believe a time has come? In fact, it's now come. When you'll be scattered, each of you to your own home. And you will leave me totally alone. But I'm not alone. Not really. Because the Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Yeah. Father, we thank you so much for this word that grabs a hold of our hearts and we find ourselves emotionally grabbed by the truth that you told us, Jesus, how you tried to help us understand, how you tried to help us be prepared for your death, and for your life and for your going away and your coming back. And today we would ask that you might speak to us about the Holy Spirit. Oh Holy Spirit that you might speak to us today as only you can that you reveal to us yourself and that we'll find ourselves so clearly recognizing who you are that we'll yield to your will and direction in our life. Today We want to give up all this stuff we're holding on to, Lord. And we want to yield. We want to surrender to your Holy Spirit in our life. Holy Spirit, work today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're in John chapter 16. It's about the Holy Spirit being in charge. That's what he's talking about. We need to take advantage of the advantage. Say that with me. Say, we need to take advantage of the advantage. Yeah, that's the key. What I find regularly in, in Christians' lives is they're not taking advantage of the advantage. They're not allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He can do. They're so busy trying to do it themselves, they forget that He's perfectly willing and able to do it. They're like an executive who doesn't know how to delegate. He's hired 10 guys, and they're all sitting on a bench, and He's working His tail off. And they're all eating candy and having a good old time. And God is saying, Why don't you delegate? I provide you with everything you need. Just ask, Jesus said. Just ask, and anything you need will be provided for you. Anything, everything. I don't know if you've ever longed for the physical presence of Jesus. Sometimes I have communion. I kind of, I just got like, I wish Jesus could just be here for a minute. Just, just for a couple minutes, so I could say hi, Jesus. I've known you, but I don't really know you. It's so good to see you. And Jesus understands this. He grasps that we'd love to be able to see Him physically and come up to for Him to give us a big hug and tell us how much He loves us. But He says, you know, while I was here, I had this small group of men that I was able to interact with, and that's all I could because I had this physical presence that was here with the Holy Spirit. This other part of me has the ability to come into each one of you, one by one by one, and to change your life. He can produce in you these invisible attributes that make all the difference in life itself. Things like love and peace and joy and hope, faith. All these glorious attributes. We go, where do you get those from? I'll tell you where you get them from. You get them from abiding in Christ. And allowing the Holy Spirit's fruit to begin to flow through your life. See, Jesus was caught up and limited in time and space. But the Holy Spirit is present everywhere simultaneously. Jesus concentrated His time and effort on a few people. But the Holy Spirit fills all who welcome Him. He changes us from the inside out. And by ascending to the Father... Jesus leaves the spirit free to testify to the miracle of the resurrection. And what I call the nuclear-like impact of that resurrection. In terms of the entire world, a mushroom cloud that continues to permeate thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, even billions of lives today. That's power. That's God's power that he wants to pour out on each person here. So we have the privilege of this incredible resource who not only is true truth, but who mentors us regarding true truth. He's He's the spiritual electrician that says, Lee, take this wire and this wire and put it to this and look what happens. And I go, whoa, it worked. And he goes, but don't ever put that wire to that one there. You mean like this, ah! And he goes, yeah, don't do that, Lee. Don't do that. Stop. He speaks to us not only about truth or the right way to do things, but he also shows us the wrong way. That's why he talked about, he'll teach us about sin and judgment as well as righteousness. That's the cry of God through the Holy Spirit. If I go I will send him to you. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Can you read that with me? Read it with me. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You begin to understand what's going on here? To comprehend this glorious truth concerning the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent and sent to inspire us and to convict us. But not just inspire in the sense of lift us up, but to inspire the people of God, the persons of God, the apostles, the early men there, to write down scripture, truth, what we call the Bible, so that we can understand what God has said. And then the Holy Spirit said the problem with this is these things that are written down are spiritually true. They are so far beyond your comprehension that you're unable to get it. So I will not only provide you with this written word, but I will illuminate it for you. I will clarify what it means. So that you can understand. He'll be our mentor to truth. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. Be our mentor to truth so we can comprehend it. And grab a hold of it. then he says, and then from that point on, I'll be able to influence you and control you if you'll allow me to. So that my fruit can come through your life and you can experience the change that you need to experience. When he comes, it tells us, in relationship to instruction from God, he'll be like a a new lawyer. He'll prove or convict the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He won't speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears and he'll tell you what is yet to come, you see, the big question in the world today is simple, and this is this is the big question: Did God really say that? Did God really say that? We hear it all over. I hear it constantly because I'm a pastor who's supposed to have a special connection, right? You got a connection with God. Did God really say that? And sometimes I go, "What? Of course not." And other times I go, "Oh, absolutely, clearly, without question, God said that." And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is trying to say, I want you to know what God said. So He inspires specific people to write down the Word of God. And then He gives us the ability through His Spirit being within us to understand the Word of God. So He gives us inspiration or to inspire all scriptures. God breathes, He says. It's useful for teaching and rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. Not only that God said it, but I'll help you to understand it. That's what it means by it's Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Not only did God say it, but I want to help you understand it and apply it to your lives. He'll teach us about Jesus and about God and about life. He'll be our counselor or our advocate, paracletos, one who comes alongside to teach or to aid or to help. He pleads your cause before the judge. I don't know if any of you have been in court before. How many of you have been in court? Don't you feel just totally out of it? I, it's like, I, I'm going, what are they saying? What are they I have a lawyer to interpret for me what's being said. I got a master's degree. I have a doctorate. I'm going, I don't understand what he's talking about. Oh, well, what he said was... that I go, Really? I didn't hear that. Well, that's because he didn't really say it like that. He said, I go, this is crazy. He goes, I know. That's why you need to make sure before you go for a judge that you have a lawyer with you. I've had the judge say, hey, you can't say that. Sit down and shut up. Because you know me. Okay, you you figured it out, right? Uh, Judge, I just need to say something. Sit down and shut up. That's all I have to say. But I'm a pastor. He goes, I don't care what you are. Where's your lawyer? Well, he's right there. Let him speak. You shut up. Oh, okay. And that took care of that. He said, I'm going to send you a lawyer to speak for you in relationship to truth, in relationship to the cosmos that you live in, in relationship to all stuff. He'll be a paracletos. Come alongside. He'll have the wind of reality to speak. When he speaks, it will be me speaking through him. You'll hear him, you'll understand him, and you'll be able to respond to him. You see, because what he's trying to tell us is, what I found out in court, is it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Yeah? It's about who you know. Oh, okay, I'm figuring this out here. It's all about who you know. And then I began to think about that in life, and that's the way life is in reality. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. It's about the relationships you have with friends and others. That's why when we get in trouble, we want to get a friend to help us out, not somebody we don't know. When my refrigerator goes in the blink and blows out, I really want somebody I know to come in and fix it because I'm afraid that the guy I'm going to call to come in and says, well, that's really bad and it's going to be like $500. I'm going, oh, man. And after he gets done fixing it, I bring over Randy, and Randy looks at him and goes, Lee, it was just a circuit. All you had to do was, and I go, oh, seriously? He goes, well, I don't want to say that, but Yeah. Seriously, it's all it was. I'm going, that wonderful man that I gave $500 to, Lord, please speak to him clearly. As you pull him out of the wreckage, (laughs) you begin to get the idea. The Holy Spirit says, I want to come alongside, I want to speak to you the truth. And I want to bring conviction. Not only do I want to inspire, provide you with truth, I don't want conviction concerning that truth. If an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everybody is prophesying, speaking the word of God, clarifying the truth of God, they're convicted of sin. And they're brought into judgment. See, it's about a verdict, not a feeling. He's still in this law picture. He's saying they'll be convicted. It's not that they'll feel convicted. They'll be convicted. The Holy Spirit will speak the truth. And he will clarify to us what that is, because we don't know. He'll provide it to the Bible, and then he'll clarify it to each person there. And they'll find themselves in their hearts going, oh my goodness, God is real. Jesus is real. And the Holy Spirit has just told me, I'm going to hell unless I respond to the wonderful opportunity, the gift of Jesus right now, and I come running down the aisle to say, Jesus, come into my life. Because the Holy Spirit convicted me of sin. Armitia, the things you did wrong. And He also convicted me of righteousness, the things that you need to do right. And then of judgments, the sentence for all because of our guilt, that we're all in the same spot. That we're all beggars crying out for bread. And those of it found it or go tell others there's bread here, there's something to eat. This is a wonderful opportunity for you to meet God. And then he goes on to say, about man, because man is a sinner who desperately needs a savior. And Jesus will become that savior for you. That's the cry of the Holy Spirit. He is here, He is able, He has paid the penalty. You can have a relationship with God the Father. You can become part of my family. All you have to do is respond to this wondrous gift and walk through the door. That's who Jesus is. The Savior who is without sin. And death no longer has any claim on anybody because he has set everybody free who is willing to accept it. See, that's the cry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't even understand it. I came in I was I was 20 years old and I was like... What is this? And I have all kinds of fill-in-the-blank stuff after that, you know. What? And then suddenly as I began to, to read the Word of God and talk to people, it started get clearer and clearer and clearer. And suddenly I'm going, oh my goodness. And I received Jesus into my life, and I start the process of the Holy Spirit teaching me all the false lies I thought were true all this time. And all the things that were in reality true. And he continues to teach me to this day. What truth is. And how it works in our life. See, that's the Holy Spirit's directive. To and from the Holy Spirit. The evidence needed to convict us. Here's your sin. How many of you here are sinners? Hey, you, you recognized it. That's see. We I, If you were to ask me that when I was 18 years old, I would say, not me. Oh yeah, I steal things, I hit people, I shoot people, I, you know, I, but I'm not a sinner. That's like, dude, you know, that's like a really bad person. I'm not a really bad, I'm, I'm kind of bad, but I'm not really bad. You see, the Holy Spirit brings conviction of our sin, we go, I'm a sinner. So you look at me and say, oh, you're, you're really a good person. I go, oh, not really. Pete's up here and said, you know, we're all, none of us are good. And I go, I wish I was good. I want to be good. I try to be good. But sin continues to be an influence in my life. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to break you out of that. See, that's that lawyer characteristic. He says, Lee, I want to convict you of this. This is the truth. Respond to it. Recognize it. He says, but you need to take advantage of the advantage. You need to take advantage of the advantage. to the person next to you say, we need to take advantage of the advantage. That's, That's... The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, he's over in the corner going, hey, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help. And we're going, you know, if I get to you later, maybe we can talk about it. But every time I let you help, I get convicted. And you move me to the next thing. I'm not so... That's what's struggling. The second characteristic of of the Holy Spirit is more like a judge who gives a Supreme Court directive. A new law to clarify who God is and what truth is. So he illuminates and he communicates to us this new law. It's the issue of understanding about God. So we find ourselves brought into this new place. So we become a Christian. We've discovered the wonder of who God is, this, this truth about Jesus. Now we find ourselves wondering, well, how, how do we walk? What's the way to live? He says when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you. He'll show you the way to all the truth. When you find yourself reading and wondering about some issue, and suddenly you go, quick, oh, I get it. Aha, that's what God meant. That's what... And sometimes that's in repentance to our spouse. I'm so sorry. I just didn't understand. I thought I was loving. I'm so sorry. And we begin to comprehend God's calling in our life. In this case, the judge steps in and helps us to understand what Jesus and the Holy Spirit have done. He gives out the sentence and the lawyer explains what it means. He'll show us the way. A Hebrew word picture actually means to divide the sea. So it comes from that picture of the Red Sea being divided by Paul. There is no way and God makes a way. They're standing in front of the sea and going, and the Lord says, move forward. And you're going, Lord, do you realize where we're at? God, do you not understand? There's a sea right in front of me. I can't move forward. If I step in that water, all I'm going to do is get wet, and it's going to be worse. I'm not D. Renfro. I don't have the ability to swim two miles. I can swim about 20 yards. And then I drown. That's the picture. And God says, watch. And the wind starts to blow. The Spirit begins to speak. And suddenly, where there was no way, there's a way. And we go, oh my! This is amazing. And truth is revealed to us, and everything changes. Uh, there's a great movie called Apollo 13, while back was on. The astronaut Jim Lovell is interacting with an interview that actually took place. He's portrayed by Tom Hanks in the movie. And before the mission, he's asked by this interviewer if he'd ever had a close call when he was a pilot. He says, oh, I've got to tell you this story. He says, this is what happened. He says, I'm in my plane. We're at night. We're in combat conditions. So there's no running lights on the aircraft carrier that I've taken off from. We're trying to go back home. It was the Shangri-La, the carrier that was at. We were in the Sea of Japan. And my radar had jammed. My homing signal was gone because somebody in Japan was actually using the same frequency. So instead of leading me towards the carrier, it was leading me away from the carrier. So I'm I'm looking down at this big black ocean, and I flip on my map light, and suddenly, zap, everything goes dark. Every light in my cockpit goes out. All my instruments are gone. I can't even tell what my altitude is. And and I know I'm running out of fuel, and so I'm thinking, but I need to ditch in the ocean. And I look down, and there in the darkness is this green fluorescent trail. And I recognize that it's the algae. It's this phosphorescent stuff that gets churned up in the wake of a large ship. And I recognize that that's the path to the carrier leading me home. He said, now that, that was an amazing event. He said, you never know what events will transpire to get you home. And and I think of the Holy Spirit in my life and how he leads us home in that very same way. All the lights go out. And I'm going, Lord, how did you put me in this situation? This is awful. Now how am I going to get home? And God says, open your eyes. And I look down, and I see the path. And I go, you got to be kidding me. Really? In the midst of my trials and my struggles and my cries and my sighs and my hurt and my pain and my question of my sin, my inadequacy, in the darkness, suddenly a light starts showing up. And he says, go this way. Now go this way, now go that way, and step by step by step, I find myself back home. And that's the cry of the Holy Spirit. He illuminates the path before us. He leads us to follow in the footsteps. He brings us home. He leads us deeper and deeper into the truth. And even though it hurts us when we see it and hear it, at the same time it heals us. And he takes the words of Jesus He places them in our heart And he begins to apply them Bit by bit by bit So Jesus says You can't quite get them all now You can't quite handle it all now So I'm going to give you a little bit at a time Each one of you differently That's why each of us are on a different journey Come to me and say Well pastor show me how I said, yeah, I don't really know exactly The Holy Spirit can tell you I'll help you get in touch with him And some of you say I don't want to get in touch with him I'm afraid. I said, me too. Because fear is a natural response to a holy and powerful God. But it's a fear that's like in awe of is what it should be. It's just like, wow, God, you are so far beyond. This is, this is incredible. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? The, the ladies are doing this great book. It's called The Best Yes. How many of you ladies are involved in this study? I <laughs> are Wow. I got I gotta confess, I've been stealing my wife's book. I re- I, I was told I was I did not like this. Okay, I went, oh, I'll see what my wife's reading, because obviously it's <laughs> inferior to what I'm reading because I'm a pastor and I know lots of things that she doesn't know. <laughs> and she probably has some light book that says a few thoughts and ideas. And I began going through it and I said, Oh my goodness, this is so insightful! Wow. This is incredible, the way of the best, yes. And it starts going to God's word, ways, and wonder, and analysis, paralysis. And I, I found myself going, I can't put this sucker down. I've got to stop it. I'm looking, does my wife see me, you know, one of those kind of things? So I stole the book. Who wants a copy of the book? I got it right over here. It's, Susan, you got it. That is such a good book insightful in relationship to the Holy Spirit's direction and leading in our life. That's what is so... She is so in touch with the Holy Spirit's movement. I'm like, man, Lord, this woman's like my wife. The Holy Spirit works in these powerful ways and applies to our life. When He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you to all the truth. He'll illuminate it. We need to take advantage of this advantage He's given us. He'll communicate to us. The Spirit of God will testify with our spirit. You're God's child. I'm your father. You're my son. And the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of us and while we're singing, and I hope you guys realize, those of you who were there early, what a marvelous, marvelous presentation of the Holy Spirit's power took place while the band was singing and leading us. You know, Pete moved by the Holy Spirit. It was like I was going I'm watching this whole band come together I'm going, Whoa, this is an experience, guys. This is an experience. Oh she missed it. I'm sorry for you. Wow. Wow. Songs that grab a hold of your heart, tug at you, and the Holy Spirit's going, Okay, Lee, you get it? I, yes, Lord, I get it. Wow. Marvelous, marvelous truth of our new role as God's children, our new relationship with this judge and this lawyer, this great, wonderful opportunity where the Holy Spirit speaks to us clearly. And He gives us these aha moments. And he says, act this way. Go this way. Because, you see, you have to understand something. The path that you are on right now will lead you to the place you're going to end up in. So you better figure out if you're on the right path. If you're on the wrong one, you're going to end up in that place. Relationally, whether it's a place of joy and peace, where it's a wonderful legacy, or whether it's divorce and destruction and despair, what path are you on? The Holy Spirit's leading you on one. Where are you following? Turns your finances. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us in our finances and show us how to handle it. And if we don't follow Him and we go our own way, you're going to end up like J. Paul Getty, billionaire plus who literally put a pay phone in his bottom floor home of some 15,000 square feet so that nobody would steal from him by making a free phone call. Are you kidding me? What happened? What happened was that he misunderstood and didn't follow the way that God had set up for him and his financial path he was to follow. Because it's not just about how much you gain. It's about how you gain it and why you gain it. How it's all supposed to come together. Educationally, what does God want you to learn to grow? He'll show you the way. All these things God wants to lead you down a path, and the path you determine now will determine where you're going to end up. The Holy Spirit says, Hey, I know the way. Do you want to listen to me? I know the way, I know the future. That's what Jesus said. He says, he'll know the future. And what he's talking about is your future. Where you can be or where you will be. And that's the cry of the Holy Spirit. He inspires, he convicts, he illuminates, he communicates. And he influences us and controls us. This influence and this control, we're going to keep going, Mark, I'm not going to use that clip as He influences the control, there's a, there's a transformation by God in terms of our life. And that's the last step for the Holy Spirit. Is. We need to understand who He is and what He does, but more, we need to yield to Him. And for those of you today, many of you are not yielding to Him. I told you earlier about this, that He's going to send the Holy Spirit. The Father will be here. He'll teach you all things. He'll remind you of everything that Jesus said to us. This wonderful lawyer who gives us instruction from God and tells us what's wrong and teaches us the truth about what is right. And then he becomes this glorious judge who gives us an understanding about God and the new law and the way to do what is right. And then the Holy Spirit is this new change agent who provides the ability for us to be transformed. He gives you the ability to be transformed from the inside out. And it's your choice. See, the interesting thing that I found out about God is he got to know him more is He won't force me, even when I tell Him to. He says, no, Lee, there's a way and there's a path, and you have to deal with it every day, every minute, every hour. And you've got to choose. you got to choose. What are you going to do? I will make you my son. I will give you grace. I will bring you into my kingdom. But now, if you want to learn how to walk in that kingdom, you've got to learn. You have to be willing. You have to obey the Holy Spirit as He directs you in life. He'll influence you and He'll control you only if you allow Him to. You must yield and say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Show me what I need to do. Teach me what I need to be taught. Guide me. So I might walk in the way that you directed me to go. We've got to take advantage of this advantage. That's the transforming power. That's the glorious thing God has given to us. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. It's a witness in terms of changed lives. In terms of understanding truth. In terms of who God is and what it's all about. You'll be my witnesses. He says, and as long as you continue to abide in me and I in you, then you'll find yourself bearing fruit on a regular, consistent basis. You'll be a, a Bluetooth of God. Okay? Wherever you walk, wherever you go, you can be connected with me. Sometimes I, I got this little, I got this Bluetooth thing in there. And whenever it gets, it, it gets attached in the morning, it'll say, connected. And the Holy Spirit. He's turning you today, and he's saying, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you hear the connected? Because every morning, I wake up, I think Gary talking about it, an hour and a half, and I spend time in his word, and I listen to him in prayer, and I wait, because all I want to hear is that magical little thing that says connected? Father, we come to you today. We so desperately want to be connected. We want to be influenced and controlled by your Holy Spirit. We want to experience your fruit in our life. We want to be filled, speaking to one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and making melody in our heart, submitting to one another, and experiencing the ways. Truth, life, because that's the Holy Spirit. So today, we're here and you're listening to us. We want to listen to you. And Lord, I would pray for our people here. We're not real big on this come down front and, you know, all this other stuff going on, Lord. But here's where we're really big, Father. We're really big on speaking to you personally. And asking you to grab a hold of our hearts. And calling us. Lord, today, we want to be connected. We want to allow you to be in charge of our life. Holy Spirit, we place you in charge of our life. If that's your prayer, I want you to raise your hand up. Just raise your hand up. And then say what they Say, Holy Spirit, I put you in charge of my life. Lord, you've heard it. It's it's our verbal declaration to you. And we ask that you'll grab all of our hearts from that verbal declaration and begin the change. We just want to experience that wonderful, glorious, miraculous change that only you could do, Holy Spirit. So we come to you today and say, Holy Spirit, fill us, change us, influence us, control us, illuminate us communicate, inspire, convict. We put you in charge of our life today. This day. Thank you, Lord. As we listen to this song, I want you to think about what we've been sharing. It's important. It's powerful, obviously. I feel strongly about it. And I want you to experience the wonder of God in your life and the power of His Holy Spirit. So listen to the song. Talk to God as, as Pete and band sing and share with us. And then we'll kind of close up and we'll have an offering. There may be some prayer requests you want to put down on your sheet. There may be some finance you want to give to God. There may be something you've got to do there, so I get you a chance to do that. But think about what God has said to you. And if you want to come forward and pray, that's great. We're always here for that. That's, we're always open to that anytime. time. Uh, but let's take about three minutes, four minutes, and listen to God's Spirit.